0: and the herd ran in fear, and the dark ones, children of the worm, walked the streets in the day. I turned my head from the sight. The phoenix told me, this is as it shall be, but not as it should. The phoenix left me then. Now I cannot dream. I can only remember the signs, each one in perfect detail. These are the last days. May Gaia have mercy on us. 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade presents Werewolf the Apocalypse, a review podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another 25
1: Years of Vampire the Masquerade podcast, a retrospective, and presents Werewolf the Apocalypse. And that's the official, full-length, Spitting mouthful. How you doing today,
2: Nick? Not too bad. How you doing?
1: Pretty good. Brennan. Hey everyone. I'm doing pretty good. This is awesome. Uh so <laughs> today we're gonna be going over Under a Blood Red Moon. Um, you guys may get a little confusion because following us along, me and Nate, we went over the uh vampire side, going over Chicago by Night and Pretty in depth and all the additions, but we really did pay attention to the story of Under a Blood Red Moon, which of course is a totality story, the epic That governs the death of Loden uh, right there in print. As we know, if you're V5 fans, it it didn't happen. And that's (laughs) that's because I'm a fan of Loden, so there's that. Um, I'm not saying I'm the reason. I'm just saying I'm happy that was the outcome. But anyway, the importance of Under a Blood Red Moon is that this is, again, a series of stories. But what's unique about this book, it goes through three different perspectives, right? Three groups. You have the Camarilla vampires, you have the Sabbat vampires, and of course you have the werewolves which I'd really argue and say the focus is werewolf and the vampires are kind of secondary as I'd agree with that. So to that end, um, the intro because there's a lot of content guys, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm also going to add, there's some stuff that's dated that I'm positive. We're going to touch on. Um, but I almost feel like I should give a disclaimer. This book was all the rage when I had, <laughs> it and we were going through it. I don't know what we were on, I don't know what we were smoking i don't I don't know what drinks we had that made this the end all be all stopping this is just the, the shit this is what this is what it's about. this is how I want my city to be all the time and uh a lot of stories came out of this we're talking we got a an abominations first mention in this in this book. I'm just gonna leave it at that there's there's stuff to go over we're gonna get into it i'm I'm nostalgic and at the same time going, yeah, we're about to talk about this, and it's gonna be
2: you know. For all time, you can record, listen to it. Well, to be, to be honest with you, Bob, I, what really struck me about this and what I really want to talk to you about this book is an interesting facet of it. it. It covers this story from three different angles. And to me, just reading through this, just looking at this, this reads convention LARP all over it. it, <laughs> it it's cut down. Yeah. It's sectioned out. It each has different varying things that can come together. And, and the only thing I can think of is, well, this is it, right? This is the grand design.
1: I, I got no defense. This is me saying chain me, right? I have, I have no defense for it. I have, I have no, no way of saying that the stuff you read about here, logic kind of flies the coop. It's, uh, it's leaps and bounds. What I can tell you is, remember, vampires started, werewolf started. This is all coming out of the hat of uh, one creative team and just kind of spiraling out. They're trying to make it cooler as they go along. And at this time, your gaming troop was in groups. They were in groups of, you know, the cleric, the fighter, the what have you, your D&D trinity, to, uh, you know, typical party building. And they were trying to make this to expand beyond that, to step beyond that and what they have to make it digestible. So to do that, a lot of these module books come out almost like dungeon crawls. And you saw that when we went over the uh, the London book, right, which is where I say London, but that's not what I mean, the, the Aubrey, uh Britain. Great Britain. Yeah. Mm. Um, where it's like, you know, you're actually disarming traps and going through and there's a cursed sword and everything else, right? Um, <laughs> then you have Chaos Factor, which we're we're gonna visit that again because it's remember it's a werewolf supplement too at a point. Might be another <laughs> holiday special. Uh but the the factor is, is that that's we get where their head's at at this point. Under a blood red moon is no exception. However, even up to Werewolf to this point where we read, they fly in the face of their own convention. Yeah. A short amount of books that they establish and things, right? And uh, to, to get at it, so you can kind of see what we're, we're talking about, folks. Um, this book claims that it's uh, the theme here is that it's about loyalty, fear, chaos, power, and death. Basically, it's about war.
3: That t- chaos is what I would underline. Pure...
1: What do you guys think in the theme alone? You read this book right with me, and the, I felt that it was, it was chaos incarnate. What did you think?
2: And I read the, I read this theme section right along with you, and it seemed to me like they were just battering this this uh, this thing around. They couldn't get a solid grip on even entirely what the theme was itself. I mean, because like, I read, I, I thought the focal point of the theme was entirely different, which was this thing where they said, by serving people who you're loyal to, you become a more minuscule part of the story, but have the options for more greater sacrifices and then become more critical to it. And I was like is that is that is that really what they were going for? <laughs> but I mean chaos? Yeah, it, it it's madness. I agree on, on on that aspect for sure. And then on mood they
1: sold me. On mood mood they sold me on this alone. It's one of my favorite quotes ever. There are no compacts between lions and men mm-hmm. and wolves and lambs have no accord. And that's Homer from the Iliad and I was like, "Yep. Yes." <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? I'm all that is men. And this is, you know, Cool. This is awesome. And then it's like the mood is one of revulsion. And I was like, pump breaks. (laughs) I was, what? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Huh. All right, book. Maybe it's been a while. And I said, maybe it's been too long since I've been back in Chicago and dealing with Under a Blood Red Moon. Me, peel back the layers here. And then I started noting that we borrowed from all the Greek classics, right? They have quotes from the Aeneid in here. Um, Winston Churchill was used to throw it. Mm -hmm. And it suddenly felt like we're being sold. Right, It's less about explaining what's in the book and it's like, do we still have your attention? Alright, keep reading. Is it still <laughs> here? Okay, keep going. Keep going. It gets better. But they're not wrong. I became riveted and hooked when that plot synopsis for the Guru characters, that very first mm-hmm. paragraph I was floored. Bradshaw, what's take a stab at that for us. What's, what is that first
4: paragraph? So the first paragraph starts with uh, kind of a flashback in time, right? Two weeks before your campaign starts for your Guru. And, uh, well, the Succubus Club, everyone's favorite feeding ground if you're a vampire, uh, home to a certain someone we've talked about in previous podcasts, gets attacked by werewolves and Sabbat. Totally wrecked. Right? <clears throat> and,
1: now, uh, now, yeah. As, as you say that, I understand we're doing a quick little synopsis there, but specifically,
4: you're right with that. It's not just any werewolves. No, it's not. It's Black Spiral Dancers and the Sabbat. It's as though the. You have the buffet, right? Yeah. You have the Shabbat,
1: manipulate the Black Sparrow dancers and dominate a number of Bonars into attacking the suckers. Oh, spell. yeah,
4: that's right. That I totally forgot about that. They grab Bonars to throw, to, I guess, throw people off if they knew about the guru. And I felt like, is there like a legion of doom in the world of darkness that just synced up and attacked Chicago? Because, like, I, I can get behind that for this book, right? Like that hype man that wrote the intro did his job (laughs) because I'm willing to I'm personally I'm I hate crossovers between genres, right? I've never liked them. This book, I've changed my mind on it. On that, honestly, like I liked this crossover because it's done well. It starts out it starts out good, right? It got me hooked like, okay, now we've got this. So when when does D-Day come in? Right. That was my first thought.
1: (sighs) I I, I'm floored to hear it. That's uh that that's good, right? Because that mm-hmm. means that maybe I wasn't wrong when I got hooked on it, and maybe after all that experience, I'm just looking at it on a site like different play styles. Um, I grew, right? Not to say that you're not, but I I, I went past this point uh, with a lot of what I had going on in terms of uh, looking for different plot perspectives and characters. Mm-hmm. But this is a good old monster mash. It is 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 what this is like. When they talk about this, they say flat out that Helena manipulates uh. Loden Loden. into calling a yeah. blood hunting and yeah. Yeah.
2: you saw that too i was like they didn't even they didn't even try to keep it secret they're just like whether he knew it or not helena was just like all right Loden, you're gonna call a blood hunt on every werewolf in this city and he's like hmm i have a feeling i should call a blood hunt on everybody in this or every werewolf in this city you remember and- <laughs> why she did that though right why she did that approach specifically I, uh, it's because she thought menelaus was controlling the lupines
4: but yeah they tied this I'm sorry Menelaus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they they start this uh whole thing by tying it back to when helena and menelaus first came in right they thought they sow those seeds back in the history so it's like over 200 years things have come to a head for chicago like i liked how uh, normally i'm not a fan of history sections I thought they did a great use of the history section with this book, right? Cause they made everything relevant.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with this. Um, I'm, I'm going to state this perspective. We got two Methuselahs who are gonna pawn people, right? Which is, you know, it's showing showcasing the jihad mm-hmm. and, uh, one's allegedly controlling the lupines. And, and I do mean controlling, uh, another one has the camera of vampires. Where in the history of ever would you have read about camera of vampires? Just laying the whoop ass to lupines. <laughs> Just up and owning it, right? It's not that it can't happen. It's that you'd almost have to say, like, like, wouldn't it be better to hide from them? Wouldn't it be better to misdirect them? They have books upon books written, and then you got to remember, oh yeah, those books aren't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> those, those books haven't been made yet. So that's that's what I'm going with here. Like, I know there are people who get back, who came back to this game and this love of, of, you know, even V20 and before, and they're like, well, why is the lupines? Aren't they these super badasses that you can't stop and you need to? carefully do yes they are yeah they completely are this book list, like lies to you it tells you yeah you could just go from they can't
2: they can't. you you couldn't back then you couldn't back when this book was written it uh there's there's long sections there's long sections in the book that just specifically say do not try and roll out this section it's easier to control your outcome if you just narrate it it's like
1: my dear god you're over here saying like like loads like there's a blood hunt against all lupines and nobody goes they're not part of the or we can't blood hunt something that, yeah of course there is of course there is are you the dumbest prince that ever grinsed what the hell is wrong with you right yeah if they're lupines kill them they, they they'll kill us they got the daylight don't they load yeah we gotta take care of them, buddy we gotta take care of them yeah, but there's a blood hunt. My hot woman said, "Who? No one." Continue. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, sure. And then it's like the city's urah. We're caught mm-hmm. unaware. And I had to pause a minute. I saw that term and I was like, "Where the hell did I see that?" Well, okay, good. Start, it, what was the it? Wasn't term? just
4: me.
3: The
1: urah, the city's urah. U R R A H. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's an old term. It refers to it. Basically, means like the curse. Those who are forced to dwell in the city that are werewolves. So they're referring to bonars and the, and, uh, the uh, glass walkers. Hmm. Right. Cause it talks about them being caught unawares during this blood hunt
3: and many fled their homes. And then I, okay.
1: You're glass. If you're a bonar and you live in the street, which is like sort of the bonar thing, right? You're living in the streets, you're doing your thing, got your homeless, got your kinfolk. You're kind of king of the streets or queen of the streets. However it is, you live out there already. How are they chasing you from your home that's that's where i was like okay cool we'll just leave that where it is creativity and my brain starts working overtime but then i'm like the book's like you don't have time to think about this bob because remember to repay the black Sprout dancers the Sabbat aided the evil werewolves by helping them to take the phantom
5: mm-hmm. an important
1: c- guru controlled building in chicago this building is a giant fetish with special, <laughs> with special powers that come from a powerful spirit. A lesser celestine
2: known as Jupiter. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, that Jupiter. Was he bored? Not the planet, the god. The god. The, the Roman god. The Roman right. god. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, <sighs> Nick, uh, do, do you remember what tribes were involved with that? Uh, it was the Utena, mainly.
3: I, you could stop there. I want that to resonate with everybody.
1: Right. The Phantoms is giant fetish where the Uctenna are like like a main force to to bring the spirit about. And the spirit chose Jupiter as the (laughs) god it was (laughs) going to be.
2: Because apparently it just, you know, came down like uh, got a little bit of a a dusting of everybody's mind and said, what will I be? Mm, This guy's thinking about an ancient Roman deity. I will be (laughs) this guy. Oh, that's what happens when you summon them into a library. You get nerd stuff. You get nerd uh, stuff. I mean, I don't. I I don't
1: know. I didn't know that here in the Midwest, Chicago in particular, we were like Jupiter. That's that's what we're missing. Like instead of uh, Mayor Lightfoot, we want Jupiter to hmm. govern us <laughs> and and be there to help out.
2: It's either that or you summon the spirit of the bears.
1: I suppose, I suppose after the Great Chicago Fire, we were looking for anybody to help us. You're you couldn't really hurt it. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> why not jupiter they say now to, to add to this um basically they start trying to corrupt it that's that's long and short of it right that's what it's, that's where it starts off yeah mm-hmm. this corruption's going on and then they're like now we get to chapter one that was just a prologue yep right that was just a start and then in chapter one it talks about the characters are called upon to join the legion it's a mustering, as they say, at a Shadowlord Cairn north of Chicago, which I thought, all right, cool.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, a, it's a taste of a large moot that's badass, Yep, right? Get to get into that. They also uh, discovered, was it? They got a set to go to. This is the Windcatcher Sept. This is also a cool thing. Um, but where's Crazy Town happen?
2: Crazy Town apparently is in Racine. Now, is uh, it's a, I'm not going to say that's entirely wrong. Uh, the wormhole. <laughs> is uh, about 20 miles south of Milwaukee. And if anyone's been 20 miles south of Milwaukee, they've ended up in Racine. And if you've been in Racine, well, there's probably Baines at work.
1: (laughs) Let's just say someone did their homework and and, and had been through and got an impression and kind of went with it, but they deliberately don't call it. Right? They're just like 20 miles south of Milwaukee you're going to find. And it's like, huh. Yeah, like they could they didn't put GPS coordinates, but they're kind of talking about it. But for you V5 fans, it is this is an Easter egg. I'm gonna tell you why. What they give you sizes up with what's in Becca's jihad diary for the Goblin Roads. Mm. So if you were wondering what's out there, they kept them, right? I wondered it, you know, we went we went over the book before. I was like, I wonder what this could be. I wonder what cool stuff they're talking about. Everything's coming from below. Spooky things, scary stuff. Here's what they talk about, right? They say north of Chicago, approximately twenty miles south of Milwaukee, is a large wormhole. It's swarming with banes Few guru brave enough to travel the area, and uh, none travel here via the Umbra, for this would mean certain death. The black sprouts can often be found in the Umbra of this region, as can certain races of creatures undreamed of on Earth.
2: Well, what exactly is a wormhole?
1: So, when you think of a wormhole, you got to think of something that's uh, directly, like, almost connected to Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it—Malthus being the home uh, umbral territory for the worm itself. And from here, all evil springs. Just just go with that. Right, It's uh, all manner of banes and evil things and corrupted dukes of Malfian nature and black-hearted things, slithery things, slimy things, scary stuff. Dwells out from here into wreak havoc and evil on the known world. And this is deep underground. But it's filling this cavern with all this craziness is what's going on that's bubbling up. But
3: as you're sitting here thinking about it, all right, so that's a wormhole that's there. Um, why? Like, what an interesting thing, right? And I'll
1: tell you why. It's because they need a distraction. What's going on here is the need for a justification for a lot of things to be in one spot. Now, I, th- I agree with Brennan. I think they do this well. They give you something that the players, if they want to go off the rails at this point, and they're hardcore guru, and they're going to take care of the Banes, They're going to take care of the worm problem. They're going to go here to do it. You already have a hell of a game, Mm -hmm. right? Shutting down a wormhole is no small thing, and this this has let it's the legendary wormhole. Yep, it's sustained from the printing of this book all the way to a V five Chicago by night kick out. You know, it's Beckett Jihad Goblin Roads. The it's a focal point. It's one of the coolest aspects of an updated Chicago, and here you see its roots, its origins. You know, and uh, that made it incredibly exciting. Uh, To add, they did a smart thing too. Um, What did you think about the gangrel in this book and the, the relationships they're talking about there, Nick?
2: Well, I uh, I was immediately flashed back to the know, werewolves and gangrel are, eh, you know, not quite uh, not quite diametrically opposed. But the way they do it in this, that gangrel just shows up, says to says to the werewolves, if they're willing to listen, uh, that the uh, gangrel have no part in this war between Guru and Kindred. And then and then they just kind of vomino's out. But uh, to me, like, like I was saying, it uh, it always kind of bothers me that the gangrel plan, in particular, and werewolves have this this tendency to kind of try and find common ground, uh, and and you know not not war as often as they should. And this kind of solidifies that uh, that perspective. Right, wrong, or indifferent.
1: I'm often drawn back to the the idea that uh, the gangrel back in the day, even in the first said clan book, had such a relationship they wanted to push. That they had with shifters because of Protean, right? Yeah. And you could see that draw. And it was like the gangrel with their middleman, the uh the blueprint. That was the between man and of course werewolves. And it's an interesting idea. It was a cool idea. The problem that it got away to is that in the modern update, they just collapsed it. Like there was nothing written to justify why you would even tolerate it. And in the end, it just came down to like in particular Milwaukee with Decker and everything, just we were heated enemies. Mm-hmm. We were just going to go at it. And it wasn't going to stop. This is also where I feel a lot of it came into that alleged strife with the movie Underworld. <laughs> mm. Right? How folks said there was too much ties to the world of darkness, you know, the lichens versus whatever. And I was like, yeah, not really. But I, I could see it, you know, but there's just, they're just a natural enemy to have. If you got vampires, you can have werewolves. It's okay. And uh, they can go at it. And they kind of highlight that. So it was weird to me to have a Gengar emissary out of nowhere arrive during this moot to, to talk and be like, hey, Blah blah blah. Let's uh let's not hunt us, okay? We're out here to do your thing. And you know, they kind of even throw out that the wolf pack, which is infamous, right? The three Archon gang girl roaming about Chicago as a biker gang. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're kind of friends. Like they could almost pal around with the werewolves in this section and, and show them the roads. Let's take in the sights, let's figure out what's going on. Okay. All right. So we're here, we're here showing the world and what's going on. Not a bad thing but it really so- showcases to them that, you know, when they separate, what is it to team silver? What was the other team? Team alpha, alpha and yeah. silver, alpha and silver. They had <laughs> that importance is just given to it. Right. It made you, it made you like, yeah, let's do it.
4: I just, right? I just pictured like when everyone is like going off in their separate directions, there was like that star Wars sound off, like alpha one, standing by all that stuff. Like, Cause that's the whole feeling I was having this whole time, especially with silver, the people going into the wormhole. But uh, I don't know, maybe that's just me. What
1: moved me to tears, though, was talking about how Team Silver and uh, Alpha, when they start driving out there, they get a flat tire, <laughs> right? On the way to Chicago, they get a flat tire. We ran out of reasons yep. to stall them, but here they get a flat tire, and across the street from where they're repairing the tire, there's a store filled with uh, psychomanchia, right? People possessed by, and these are basically psychopathic banes. Yep. And, and so they possess people. And they want to come across and attack the players. It's like we, we threw in a com Okay, all right, I'm with you. There's a wormhole. We're not there yet, but here we have psychopaths. You're just going to attack you because you're here.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Right and I, okay, we'll just just leave. It is what it is. I'm not. Uh, I remember running through this, folks. This is why I'm sitting here going, huh? I should have thought of that when it was presented to me that they well, were they weren't called psychomania, right? When we saw them, they were like crazed people with like wrenches and had chains wrapped around their hands and uh, broken bottles and weirder things that just decided to almost zombie s mass out and attack us when we were playing. The world was coming through here. We didn't know what to do but kill them. Mm-hmm. Like we, just, we just put them down called it a day. And uh, the flat tire, we, we had engine trouble. Right? It doesn't <laughs> matter how you do it. It was just a different way to do it. And I, I guess the ST didn't want to use a uh, flat tire as or memories goes, But
2: The ST knew Bob's character would just pick up the side of the car and continue to run alongside of it. <laughs> Probably. Uh but, but Nick, what happens to the fourth day? Well, on the fourth day, they uh they get contacted by some kinfolk who uh who decide to meet them at the zoo and then and then take them over to to where their safe house is. But uh while all this is going on, um Loden ends up capturing some kinfolk and then decides he's gonna call up his old friend, Kevin Jackson, and hide him out in the projects. And uh, and you know through some creative means they they find out that uh, and we'll get over, we'll get to what that creative means is they find out that they're in the uh, in the projects and then they run off to uh, to go slaughter them. Um, but before they do that, they got to go to O'Hare and uh, and apparently just destroy <laughs> the airport so nobody can come <laughs> in or go. Right,
1: I love right, that. Just. Literally f the veil,
4: right? Right. I, it, I loved reading that section because, like, all right, there's two glass noirs. We're gonna go in and we're gonna delete the footage. And by delete the footage, we're gonna smash every computer we can see. That's what they were doing while everyone else went crazy for ten minutes. And there was the call out to the st, like, this is a time for your players to let loose. Right? <laughs> I was like, I'm I'm glad you're honest. I'm glad you told me that. I can I can digest this. My,
1: my favorite part of that is that in the middle of destroying O'Hara airport, right? I want you to imagine you're the Sabat recruits, right? We got you in the van. You were just embraced last night. You wake up tonight and we have you all outside in the O'Hara tarmac and you hear howls and they're whipping engines, plane engines to the side of like the, the walls and whatnot. <laughs> people are running, screaming, talking about crazed grizzly bears that broke loose and are eating people and just jacking everything in sight. And they are tell you, okay you're Sabat now get out go ambush him go ambush him get your walker mod.
5: you're a vampire
1: now you don't need it anymore you you're fine everything's been cured you're you're undead but just get over there and get to smashing that werewolf with your walker so we can move on it's made of silver right as long as it's made of silver you do all right mod make it happen make me proud
2: that's the craziest part is that uh they just send them they send out these these shovel heads uh day one night one dirt still stuck in their hair after these werewolves and then and they're like wow there's a good chance that your werewolf players might not make it through this if that's the case we'll bomb in our old friend pariah the abomination who we know from the uh from the vision at the beginning of the book to, to save the
1: day and not only does he save the day nick when i go to talk to him to thank him for what happens what does he do he leaves before the characters can question him.
4: Um, just leaps away into the night.
1: Right, he Batmans him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right? He just he just smokes him. He's like, I own the night and disappears.
4: <laughs> They're like, that's
1: like, weird. weird. <laughs> so I don't know. Did he did anybody oh, get sense okay. for him on him? Well, I don't he, know. He does
2: that he does that again too in a later part for uh <laughs> for the Kindred.
1: Oh oh, don't don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening dude don't ruin it this this disorder this here because we're just establishing the base coat we're gonna go through for the full picture right because on, on the fifth day the characters learn that they the the folks have you know the disappeared right a whole bunch of them are gone that's what's going on and uh it actually tells them if they investigate too well they're targeted by kevin jackson's thugs for a drive uh-huh. by shooting
2: <laughs> Yeah, listen if they drive by cabrini green too slowly they'll know they'll know and it's uh it's like the worst thing ever. Uh, just kind of the way they, uh, they paint uh, Kevin Jackson's crew of gangbangers. I, I think it's, I think it's funny, but uh you know they just kind of like roll out with these Uzis. Everybody's got an Uzi for some reason in, in this, in this book. Look, I don't know
1: how you roll through the projects of Chicago,
2: <laughs> but Uzis are in. Okay, in this,
1: in that era. I mean, now I don't think you do that anymore. Now I think you come through with your Starbucks. But back oh. in the day, it was, it was, it was a Uzi. <laughs>
2: Scramble kind of right. through with Uzis. Oh, by the way, everyone's got two clips of silver.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> Everyone.
2: Now What?
1: <laughs> now it's like a Karma mochiato, a double espresso, and they got jobs to get to. Uh but that's not <laughs> the point. Uh, but but I like in here how it talks about Team Alpha. Right? Team Alpha, Noble Team Alpha. They went after the wormhole. That's right, folks. We said how dangerous and legendary the wormhole was. Yep. Well, I was right, because they're dead. Right? That's what the that's what the players learned. Like Team Silver or whatever. Learns that they got a flat tire, which ends up saving them. They're wrecking O'Hara and getting through spot recruits and everything else just to find out. Team Alpha died going into the
2: wormhole. It's madness. They're like, all right, we haven't heard from Team Alpha. They were supposed to make the rendezvous. Um, all right, you new guys, why don't you run all the way up there and see what happened? Like they send you all the way down to Chicago to do some tricks, and then send you all the way back up to to the wormhole, and then all the way back again, it's like, man. I hope somebody, uh, you know, paid for their AAA because a flat tire is not the only thing that's going to go wrong with your vehicle. All these miles you're burning. And to add
1: to the, huh? My, well, it gets better, right? They go to Chicago and are tipped off by the sabat to the location where the kinfolk are being held. That was kidnapped, right? And they're like, "Oh, it's Kevin Jackson's hideout." Hmm. Then they go to the, t- they go to attack the hideout, which is what you do. Right. Then they learn the location of Loden's Haven by attacking that hideout. So it's like, okay, cool, we get there, now there's a chance for a prince. We'll we'll go after this prince. But before they can do that, the group leader calls them back to join another pack to attack the Succubus Club.
4: Again? (laughs) Again? (laughs) Well, I guess not again, right? Because they didn't do it the first time.
2: First of all, you you can't go directly toward anything. There's always a side quest. We've all played this game. There's always a side quest in the way.
4: Yeah, I get it, but like, Bob let's say you are the sergeant of a unit, right, and you get Intel like you know where the enemy leader is, right but you come back to gate to base, and Colonel Brent- Brentron's like, uh, hey Bob, I need you to take your unit and uh, uh, I don't know, go blow up a bridge, but I know where the leader is, yeah, that's cool. go blow up the bridge first. That's what I felt like this was. like you can this is this is the goal, this is why you're here. W- what is this actually going to solve for you? you? W- what it does? is
1: it gives one of the coolest stories you ever told if you went through this Marcus think about it we could have done the prince but instead we went after this cat over in the succubus club to start raising hell again <laughs> hey don't worry the only reason you're going to the succubus club is so Pariah can meet up with you with a beer and tell <laughs> you his tragic tale you know and how he wants to be reaccepted by his people you know he wants to be brought back in Yep. and you know but you can't because after the, the assault they learned that the vampires have been embracing their kid fuck <laughs> right it's it's what yeah well we were listening to pariah's bum story they were slurping down kid folk and slapping them into the worm's service right there uh whoops what was what's going on here it's not the end right because uh where does it go from there they we're on day six nick
2: uh on day six they uh they decide you know they get done with their with their their fun at the succubus club where they go in and they and they go through that whole process and some hot chick runs out of the basement faster than anyone can see. And then they uh, end up decide they're going to go to the movie or not the movie theater. Uh, they're going to go to this amusement park uh, where they're going to meet up with uh, with uh, with Loden. They're, like this is his haven. Right. And they go through the funky house of mirrors and they play around. And There's a section in here that says if you cross the umbra back and forth, but you do through a funhouse mirror and you don't get the best successes, you come back misshapen in the way that the mirror would project. Right. I was like, what? <laughs> 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 like, That's my primal urge, Rory, not sh- to destroy everything in this house.
1: <laughs> we were straight clowning uh, when this book was made, man.
2: That's, it's so good. But uh, they get in there, and they, get, you know, they, they find out who's in there. It's not Loden. It's Capone. And Capone's got a deal for you. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He's
4: going to make you an offer you can't refuse.
2: So uh, you, you, just, you just bum out of town. He'll tell you exactly where the Prince's Haven is. Oh, what's that? You want to come through the steel door and talk to me in person? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Says he'll be extremely reluctant to do that, but he will. I was like, oh, that's bold. That's very bold.
1: But what's the deal? He tells them, you know, basically, you you, you know, if you're going to go after Loden and that's what you're going to do when you eventually get to him, Loden's got a
2: MacGuffin. Well, of course he does. I mean, no great arch villains ever not going to have a MacGuffin. What he's got is an elaborate setup of videotapes and and alternate rooms where Balthazar is, uh, is pointing a gun at a bunch of kinfolk children. Not just normal kinfolk that are prepared to die for the cause, but kinfolk children. So not just any gun. This is naturally a
1: Cabrini Green special sold to him by Kevin Jackson because it's going to have to be an Uzi if he meant to actually kill all 40 of them.
2: It's got to be able to spray a room,
1: just pointing
3: that out.
2: uh, And and if you make any move at all toward Loden, Balthazar is going to start spraying, right? But if you make any move toward Balthazar, not only is he going to start spraying, uh, Loden's gonna try and run away in the sewers. And, and so what it does is it it sets this weird scenario in front of you, and then and then it and then it says there's one way out of this. There's one way out of this. Only if your players step sideways in front of Loden and then go three rooms down and step back out and attack Balthazar can they get out of this successfully? And I was like, what? <laughs> So the trick is just to jump into the Umbra and then jump back out. Surprise attack. They they said they
4: they spend two rounds confused as to where your players just went. So they said at the beginning, right? Like you make any move towards Loden, he'll tell Balthazar to spray. Why would he not? If he if you just disappeared in front of me and I had like, you know, my hand on like the detonator, I would hit the detonator.
2: But it gets better. Speaking of detonators, the place is rigged with a bomb. (laughs) it's <laughs> good to say it's, it's funny you mentioned so even even if you don't deal with Loden right away and he gets a chance to press the button and then da, 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 run down into the sewers while you're dealing with Balthazar trying to save the kinfolk they're all gonna die anyways
1: there, there are some there are some points here too one that's like, that's like the last chapter but they it's like there's a small focus on the phantom remember uh-huh. the phantom?
4: <laughs> remember big
1: problem. that so like jupiter out of control
4: oh, yeah i would i would also like to point out like uh it does go into detail how the city is falling apart over these several nights right like the the sky is turning red gold rain is fire is coming down from the sky red swans are following the characters around like this is it feels as though the apocalypse is actually happening during this battle yeah
2: it said that the uh, like but it, it can literally rain gold and uh, and then like that gold will solidify on your characters and break off and different things like that. Like they got uh, yeah. It's uh, are you gentlemen
1: referring to the random encounters table? Uh, yes. Yes.
2: As a matter of fact. Yes. That's
1: what you're. That's right, folks. Random encounters table, where like if nothing going on, your player's looking at you to take it too long to respond. No problem. Are they bored? And all this travel, just making a random encounter. Yep. There's possible encounters that could take place anywhere. Anywhere on Earth, in fact. <laughs> right? That's what it actually says could take place on Earth. And uh, anyway, um They're fascinating. One of the most fascinating ones in here was Sabat Blood Brothers. That was mm-hmm. what you found fascinating? Oh, I was floored fascinating. Okay. Like nowhere nowhere have you read about Blood Brothers up to this point. Um, okay. Right? Gotta remember this is the first intro, it's thrown
2: in and they were Fascinating, right? Well, it says that uh in order to Like one of the books you should—it gave us like five books you should have before you decide to run this, which is Chicago by Night Second Ed, which came out at -hmm. the exact same time. These are sister brother books, whatever you want to call them, and the Succubus Club Player's Guide to the Sabbat, the Player's Guide, Mm -hmm. and the Storyteller's Handbook. So
1: I'm still holding this because you got to remember Baru side, right? There's 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 nothing really that you would know if you had just this book and you got into it, what, you, you do know jack about Blood nope. Brothers. not at all. Right? Just to about Blood Brothers, and he gives this real weird intro. If the characters are guru, they sense a great evil of the worm nearby. If they get too close, they find a huge throbbing mass of flesh, a number of heads, arms, legs, various organs, and uh, contract within this huge blob. The blob is killing a number of humans, sucking their fast-flowing blood up from the pavement with a number of mouths and tongues. Don't worry, they give a segment after Camarilla, kinder, which is basically they're like, they all look like they're the same person wearing leather jackets and clothing, because, you know, they're blood brothers, <laughs> and uh, they appear to be a mere gang, but uh, then they form into that blob and attack the characters. So at least the vampires that really get to go, who are you guys again? And they're like, oh, oh us? We're blood brothers. And then they do wonder team powers, they slap each other in a high five and become the blob and attack them. Bob,
2: you did you look at the blood brothers section at the end of the book? did you catch their names yeah. the v test cards for blood brothers gary jerry larry and barry oh yes the chicago yes. circle yep the <laughs>
1: chicago circle yes uh, but i here that's an awesome easter egg call it uh, th- also on your random encounter shirt don't forget there's lightning strikes oh yeah <laughs> yes a boat from jupiter why because you're looking you're, you're just here oh you're done you guys like al capone how about capone's good fellas i
2: i had to look I had to look. Goodfellas came out in 1990. I was like, God, did they really just like jump right out the bandwagon heat of that movie? Yes, they mm-hmm. did. Just have it going on.
4: Uh, whacked out Malkavian. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy's description. He can be Camarilla. He can be Sabat. He can be whatever.
2: <laughs> Listen, we don't know whose side he's on. He doesn't know whose side he's on. <laughs> <laughs> and, how, and how do you feed him? The voices, the voices, dead man in the dreams. Blah, 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 blah.
1: And it, would it okay? Like you're just gonna throw this in, out of pocket? Well, we're at a stoplight. We're about to go feeding. Uh, like we're werewolves. We're gonna get a steak. You know, maybe go to the local outback. This crazy dude yelling.
5: you <laughs> don't know what's going on. What's the no deal? Different
2: than Kevin Jackson's crew. You just out and about. They just run up and get and, and you know, shoot you. Mm-hmm. Why not? It's gang or- violence. You're in Chicago. Welcome to the neighborhood.
4: Or the anarchs, right? Because it talks about it doesn't matter who you are. They can just come up and screw with you. Like, I guess that's now, anarchs being anarchs. Nothing says,
1: like, I don't think the players are effed enough. Like, Berserker Guru. <laughs> right? Players looking bored. It's the Bruhat complaining, getting anything for them to do. The game's a little too political. I get it. I get it you happen to be playing camera vampires it's always nice to have a frenzied black sparrow dancer whose time has come to join the worm completely (laughs) zipping up and down the street killing everything in its path rolling vehicles killing everyone throwing body parts i mean what do you do with your saturday night right that's uh that's some things to do i adored the earthly encounter section with a random chart again we're back to that random chart and how we have fun with it I I love it because it's almost like you gotta justify why this is here. <laughs> Better than the actual part is that you, the ST, have to now justify to your players why this happened and who is that and why they're gonna be here because you know players they'll they'll hunt it they'll stop it they'll 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 raid the pockets you know the coins will fall out they'll find the secret map to their lair of copper everyone's divvying up silver and they want to know where he came that's, from and why
2: you're
3: gonna that, get all that's that
2: fun man but for me the the bright spot was the Umbra encounters. Like, it, nothing says stay, stay the hell out of the Umbra, like the Umbra encounters, where, as we talked about before, there's the golden showers, and then you can just get attacked by the ram of Jupiter. Just a giant ram just comes <laughs> and starts destroying everything in sight for no reason. Bashing through walls, just... bashing through trees, bashing through party members.
4: Did you Did you also catch that lightning strikes happen in the Umbra as well? Can you imagine? what More frequency. Yeah, One guru gets struck by lightning. He's like, ah, screw this. I'm popping over the umbrella where it's safer. And he just jumps over and then, bam, struck by lightning again. I lost a character <laughs> to lightning strikes. I know, I <laughs> don't saw. For,
1: <laughs> don't forget, there's a ram running around. It's a bad day. You know, just bringing it out, right? We're going to get everybody. Uh, get it going. Oh, I love it. Um, I can't dance away from this without bringing up the one entry to just so if you have chicago by night second edition you have an entry in there for for a beautiful being that you're wondering why what's the point of her being in the book and that's called gophora she's a succubus demon of epic power Mm -hmm. and you may you may wonder what the hell is she in my chicago by night second edition book i did for years my storyteller skipped this section because it's called what a babe swing yeah right (laughs) if you don't know that (laughs) reference You're blessed, right? You're also young. Congratulations. Uh, Brunchon, no doubt, had to look it up, <laughs> right? No doubt, right? Because it refers to Wayne's world, right? That's yeah. the, uh, it's, it's the whole swing thing. But I was sitting there, it talks about Gophore is just hanging out. You know, she's waiting for the guru to show up. And uh, what she's going to do is really nefarious. It's probably the most evil thing to happen to any male player ever. Um, I want you to imagine right now, everybody, that you're this guy going out with the night with your friends, and you're going to go to the Succubus Club, because you heard it's cool, and before you even get there, like you're in the parking lot, you catch this half-naked chick in the alleyway and just kind of gives you a wink, you know, and just is hanging out there, and you're just overwhelmed with these feelings, right? It's the most beautiful person you've ever seen in existence. And actually, you wouldn't even call her a person. She's a babe. She wants you to objectify her. She wants you to come over and give her the construction treatment, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Ditch your friends, ditch the zeros, and get with this hero over here. And and you're you go over there. And as she talk to her, she's like, "Nah, baby, uh, up against the wall over here in the dumpster. Let's go to your place." And basically, just constantly has sex with you. Yep. Every which way possible, she can wearing you out into the wee night. She wants you in every form too. Don't forget that she's you. You like you go krenos because she's that
5: good, yep. folks.
1: I don't know if you know this. krenos sex is the best right? And, and I'm told it's because the war form doesn't have the reproductive parts. They like tuck in monk style to protect it from the worst the worm has to offer. Not if you're Gophora. Gophora knows all the right buttons to push <sighs> to make sure that your, your proportionate Kareno's experience is up to par in hell. And she works it. And she doesn't do it once, she doesn't do it twice. It's like five days, this chick just showing up and continuing to suck all the energy from you, the willpower she's leaking from you, everything she can to then go, all right, you're mine now. And, and you're going to do what I say. And the first thing she says, kill all the females in your group. Yep. <laughs> I, I was laughing hysterically when I read it. Right? Hysterically. This is this the funniest thing to read. I was like, let me get this straight. The most beautiful woman ever in existence. Only Helen of Troy has a hope of competing with her stat for stat, look for look. And, and, and a pale attempt at that and Gofor is sitting here going, I still sweat that lady that's hanging out in your group. You Who, the Black Fury? She only likes women, though. What do you care about her? Nah, you gotta kill her. I want everybody in the group dead, or everybody in the group bound to me. I'm gonna sleep with everyone in one fantastic orgy, just you. Uh, and I was like, how repressed were we at this point?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, in a gaming community, to have this section, to actually think it's popular, put it in a book and print and have it, it's like no meaning at all. It's like, don't forget, A Night in the Town is not complete without complete and utter domination and seduction by this person. There's nothing you can do about it. They even have an end for a plot where it says after making the character a thrall, this dude randomly comes over and it's another werewolf to kill her specifically. Yeah. <laughs> right? So as you're enthralled to her, and everybody's like probably enthralled as well, because why not? It um, shows up and goes, oh, man, she reeks of the worm. I got that. You guys got a little on you. Let's <laughs> kill it. So if you want to just get past this, just
3: kill her. Move on. Call the day. Don't worry about it.
1: why because this book it's magic is that it has every type of creature in a world of darkness up to this point Mm -hmm. right that we have a succubus demon check we have werewolves we have vampires they have mages they have uh street level magicians like the uh the the hermetics the Mm -hmm. uh what am i thinking of the uh, order of hermes yes hedge hedge mages is if they got them, too. Oh, good, because I thought you were talking about David <laughs> Blaine for no, no, a second no. there. Edge, might as well, right? But then uh, what's that other MacGuffin?
4: Oh, the mummy. Yep. What? Yeah, and where is he's he? He's asleep. Remember? He's asleep. He's, well, he, no, he's the neighbor of the Phantom. He's right, right next door. With the sweetest <laughs> deal ever. He told the guru, listen, I'm this guy.
1: I'm going to come back every now and then and live a full life and die again. And then I'll come back again. Hey, could you tell your descendants to, like, be cool to me? And in return, I'll help, like, keep this phantom thing in check. Jupers really kind of harsh in my mellow. <laughs> They're like, all right, cool. Sounds great. Hey, but you got to sign our book and join our phantom. It has monthly fees. <laughs> I'm
5: not
3: yep.
1: kidding. I'm not kidding. This book talks about the phantom when you it's get... It's a library, sir. I-, I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. You can't help but laugh. This membership is required to use the facility. $20 per month or 200 per year includes access to the Phantom's library and don't, and before you think that normal humans can't be here, of course they can. They just gotta pay membership fees. Not only can they be here, they can learn thaumaturgy. Right? Who, who learns that there? Who learns that? The gang rule. What, what you say? Yes, that's correct. The guru who are guarding here, they like to pretend to be human and they're open and teach everybody. That's what they do. You just gotta meet the fee, come on in, learn at the Phantom. Screw your occult library. Our library is the best. You have thaumaturgy? We do. Come on in. Learn at the Phantom. We also have werewolf gifts. Although it doesn't say you can learn them there.
4: Why not? Did you see now, Nik- Nikolai's reaction to the Phantom?
1: <laughs> Did
4: you know oh, he was it dead?
1: <laughs> is he not in his right?
4: No, he was like, I, uh, he's like I, I'm just going to report to the Seven that this is just like some hedge magician place. They're nothing to worry about because if they knew... Oh man, it would cost so much to take it.
1: <laughs> well what what it is, it's not even that. It's that they put him in a position where nicholas has to decide, because he knows he knows that's gonna happen. They're gonna tell him to put it down if if, if you know they get wind of it, but he's embroiled in this primogen battle. Yep. Right, which is what's going on. Why this book is cool is cause it's telling you <laughs> while all this nonsense is going on, you still have a jihad. Mm-hmm. This is still going on. The vampire side of things though. Is not rainbows and lollipops. It's just as crazy, right? Like uh, the one thing I'm gonna mention in here because it's worth noting because we noted it last time, and I'm positive people were like, "Well, what's the big deal?" So, so you got to fight a Nexus crawler. We're werewolves. Yes, it's a hard fight. It's crazy, but it's Valkenburg. You know the worm. Blah blah blah. It's one of the rare creatures you find, but might as well have it in one book. No big deal. Oh yeah. How about the next release of a book where we don't think you have enough Nexus crawler? <laughs> What's that? That's right. Werewolves got to tackle a Nexus Crawler. And there's nothing like a group of vampires love facing more than squaring off his camera of vampires against what? That's right. You guessed it. I'm Another next. Nexus Crawler.
2: <laughs> Bob, they might sound t- like it's a uh, super imposing and maybe difficult for your players to handle, but that's okay. We found a way to get him out of it. Pariah will jump in and save the day. <laughs> and if he can't kill this Nexus Crawler with the pack with the party, it's okay. He's got a worm scale fetish. He'll bam. Let it go away.
1: Wow. Right? How much heavy ham-fisted stuff can we throw in this rock'em sockam getting it done mix-up, right? And uh, you know, there's there it is. That's that's what it is. It's like how the vampire said the big end is the nexus crawler. And you wonder why every convention has the same build-up. Day one, crazy. Day I- two, insanity, day three, big villain boss fight. Everybody crams into a room uzis chainsaws silver weapons fetishes super command matrix demons bound undead marching form, ghost flailing if i didn't if i didn't read the book bob i wouldn't have believed it you couldn't have you couldn't have i my hat's off to the st who put us through this like i already mentioned him but that's uh that's because he saw Gophora and he saw this nexus crawler and knew i would have got up and pushed my sheet into the table right in the middle <laughs> i would have even then and here's, and here's why <clears throat> reading what we've gone over of what we just reviewed. There was such an intense thing about getting the feel of werewolf, right? The spirituality, the seriousness of dealing with the animistic nature, ways of the wolf and getting down the lupus and understanding where these tribes they're trying to push and where they land up and the umbra relationship and all that. When you read this book and it tells you how the buildings in Chicago are awakened mm-hmm. and they talk to each other in their own building speech. hmm uh-huh how the spirits of stoplights like to play tricks on people really busy trying to get from point A to point B. And, you know, they just prank them. I, I sat there and said to myself that I don't know who who went to town with this, but maybe, maybe they went a little too far because you missed your point. Right? That's the important thing. Like, you're, you're leaving behind where you came from. But then they're like, don't worry, because we're pushing all this heavy-handed stuff at you. Like, literally leaving nothing for the ST to build towards. It's just... Hey, you want to fight Sabat? Don't worry. You're, getting, you can fight, you're, getting, you're fighting Sabat. You want to fight uh, Banes? We got a whole wormhole for them to go after. We're going to do that too. You want a moot where 100 gurus show up, but they're only sending you five players? <laughs> what? Yeah, they're only sending you five players. All this is going on. Don't worry. Because when you're in trouble, Nick's character's going to jump in. He's going to come in with Pariah not say a thing to you. Save the day and leave. That's what Pariah does.
2: Got questions? Don't worry. He turns into a bat. He's gone. Bat! Let's <laughs> <That's>, where <laughs> <Until your> werewolves <laughs> pull that trick off. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: hey, and you cool. wonder what's going on. Oh hey, that's pretty
4: cool. Can you teach us to do that?
1: Uh, it's 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 like a level of insanity that you get hit here, but then they try to calm it down and say, Well, that was all this is what happens when Methuselah's war. Don't forget that. They're trying to point out when Men- Menelaus and Helen of Troy go at it, they throw all they push in all the chips. Uh-huh. Right? They're calling in markers. Mm-hmm. These these beings are doing stuff that's out of pocket, not a character. They don't know why. But even the worm dances. Does some and that is the most ridiculous thing. Is is the fact like I can get behind the worm and the BSD is taking advantage of a bad situation. There's a wormhole and they got it going on this creepy goblin road that's destructive and whatever. But they really don't get into why. There's no really why. It's just a section that's there. And I guess that's can't be a good story. You make up why, right? That's that's my way I see it anyway. But if you're gonna go that far. That's a whole story unto itself, am I right?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right? It would be disappearances out there, and the players are going to investigate their waros, and that's what's going on. But in the interim of them going to investigate, you have Glasswalkers and Bonars reporting that this increased vampire activity is going on because the Primogen are going to war. And you got drive by some KJ. You got the Prince flipping out that this warring is going on because you have Helena putting pressure on him because she's trying to find out where Menelae's control is. You got Karateus, who is under Menela's control trying to do what he can to stay hidden. And as this is all going on, someone with sense worm gets lucky, but then that person gets smoked, something for them to investigate while we're looking at the wormhole, while we're having a moot, and politics are going on. This, this can be work to be real serious and good. And I'm telling you, that's one play style. I went through this where it was cowboy as is. That was still a good time. It, it'll teach you how to use the rules for combat. It'll teach you how to use the perspective of, of uh, the group that you're using which is why I enjoy the plot synopsis for each group, mm-hmm. yep. that gives you an idea of how they operate. Right, That's the point. That's where this book sings. It can do that. If you're looking for a serious tone, you will not find it here. This, this will not give you that character development portion that later on they hyper-focus on uh, in the books and whatnot that they come out for developing your chronicles and whatnot. That's not there. Um, when you look at the plot synopsis for Sabat characters, I think this is the best eye-opening part because they quickly put a lid on it Mm -hmm. it's the shortest description to basically say after all this nonsense goes on the Sabbat try to smoke the lupines they try to smoke the cam and then in the fallout they just infiltrate the camera and sit there
4: that's that's it that's that's what they get like this whole time like that 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 was a head scratcher to me he's like why did they do this again what was their goal now ideally
1: because they're scouts for the Sabbat right that's what this uh, Regat and Wade are and they're they're super violent they're great characters in the Chicago by Nightbook for that Sabbat portion. But they do a lot where they're trying to chisel away the impossible hold the Primogen Council have in Chicago. That book is awesome because it's built to where the Primogen are unstoppable. They're the elders of the city that hold down that influence even against these other sources. And that's kind of what Under the Blood Room is pointing out, that even when this <laughs> chaos breaks out, why nobody's hearing about it, why it's not hitting the news, is because Loden's good, this council's good, and they're keeping this under the table trying to keep it all quiet. Mm -hmm. And do a great job with it, and that's that's cool to see, and kind of sets the tone for the whole entire genre. All the books, right, are obeying this masquerade on the level, and this book is used as is. No matter how crazy it gets, they're keeping under wraps. This is why, and here it is. It does highlight that, which is great to read and see. If you just have trouble visualizing how that might go, if you're looking for a primer, as in, it'll tell you how do you stop a materialized nexus crawler from hitting the news. In today's modern world, good effing luck. Good luck. Yep. In, in in the era of smartphones and instant record putting on putting online, it's almost impossible mm-hmm. to pull something like that off without someone hearing something. Can you spin it? Sure. It takes a little thought. You got to think about uh, how to defame someone when they put up a story, mm-hmm. camera quality comes in, and those pros who would work against it to do it, but that's extra steps and extra work. In my opinion, well worth it um overall though to bring it to a somewhat of a decent close um did I miss anything did we did we miss something you two saw that was just like we can't end this without talking about it
5: um
4: I guess not uh except maybe that they you you mentioned earlier this is the first book where they introduce the abomination right but they also go into the detail of uh well what does what does a how does a how does an abomination keep itself from losing control right what it cuz it doesn't have humanity cuz it wasn't it wasn't human if you're a werewolf you're not you're not human right so what do they have like what did you what did you think about that section on ego
1: um it's interesting they went there and it's like they tried to give a path yeah mm-hmm. to to an abomination like you know it's not about sub- quite but we are blowing up in the past and we're getting that going on um so we'll just give you something cuz it's a good guideline Um, humanity was seeing a birth um, a revamping as well because humanity's always been there but it was never really focused on Mm -hmm. and that was always a challenge like i remember um like first dead was terrible with it you had superhero vampire games left and right you know you had bruha who thought they could you know jump from the floor to the top of a 16-story building no problem with three dots of potence because it's you know superpowers Mm -hmm. more than anything else but no consequence and you mentioned humanity as a way to rein it in. Well, we were all young. Nobody cared about your humanity. Just recount Dracula, man. Let it happen. And uh, a lot of games are fun like that. That's, that's what you did. And I think everybody kind of starts there. But after a while, as you play more games, you want to get more depth and more interest and more mileage out of what you have. That's when you get more serious. You start focusing on acting versus that. They realized they didn't have enough of a tool set uh, for that for that approach. So what they did was uh, second that, I believe, gets more in depth with humanity. And at least it gets its section, looks a little nicer, a little more makes sense, but still highlights to follow humanity is really um, nebulous because you're human already. You, the player, is human, Mm -hmm. you know, and because of that, your storyteller serves as a guideline to watching where your morality falls and by morality, how low your humanity gets, what's going to be passable for you and your beast. That's great. When you get to the ego of an abomination, though, this is a this is a different animal. This is, well, no. Shit, it's a different <laughs> animal, but it's so, the worms whispering to it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one of the coolest aspects of playing an abomination, in my opinion, is that you're not safe. There's you got more than just a beast inside of you. You got a double whammy. The, the rage of a werewolf is still present, but you also have a beast inside you and you have a worm that's trying to lull you into it. That tells you it's OK, buddy. It's uh, it's we're here now. We'll take care of you. We'll, just, you know, we'll hug you a bit. It's all good. Um, You wanted to rip up an entire city block and be unstoppable, and you are, man. You're like one of the baddest things going. Uh, but don't forget, you can de So that guy that's laying in front of you, not moving, he's not dead, man. Just m- mange your bone. Hey, why don't you eat something? Why don't you eat him till there's nothing left? Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. It'll work for you. They need something uh, to hang on to because those become great villains, and that's why they put that in there, is to show you that, you know, someone like Pariah doesn't want to be a villain,
5: mm-hmm.
1: and he's railing against it. And they needed to give it to that because if you give this power just think about it you got disciplines as well as gifts you have the world shape-changing form you're already on your way to a mini uh, version of samuel hate
4: yeah absolutely
1: that's a lot of a lot of power to a player if you don't have a fleshed out idea of what that is or something to explain why the monster you are is not the monster you want to be it's going to go south real quick yeah but if you add to the fact you got that ego though and that's something to watch out for, and that's something to help you uh, keep it under wraps. That's pretty cool.
4: Oh, cool, cool. That's the only thing I could that really stood out to me uh, that we haven't really covered. Um, other than I what- thought it was funny that Ballard took Princeton. and uh, and then I was like, you know, sitting here, I was like, this
2: is all different than how I remember it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ballad is an interesting choice for Prince, but makes sense. I mean, to be fair, of all alone of shoulder um i prefer kevin jackson that but that's a that's a fan favorite more mm-hmm. than anything if i had to tell you who i thought would have been it would have been horatio ballard uh, when you think of venture control i think of the one that could handle the camarilla best and can and navigate those waters <clears throat> is kevin jackson that choice clearly he is the one they're going with but the world developed differently mm-hmm. that's what fascinates me about these books as we go through it in the 90s sure we could see ballard's a shoe in being an, a- an aspect of venture stereotype but 2020 we're all about breaking the mold thinking differently approaching from different angles inclusion uh that's that's a big step too and the writers clearly digest that and took that in consideration when they made the made and developed material however i want to add if this seems crazy to listen to and convoluted we didn't write the book uh and we challenge you go through and read it there is a nice chart that's in there for you to have a calendar of events to roll out nicely Yep, and uh, it looks great, but the calendar is also a little confusing uh, until you sit down and attach it to the events and read the book in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And you can run this game pretty successfully and a lot of fun. Do not expect to have a whole lot of talky talky. It's uh, it's great for a narrative. It's great to set it up, but this is this like I said, it's about chaos and war. It's revulsion you're going to get from here. You know, lupines to the worm, uh, vampires to lupines and politics in the middle sort of and uh that's that's going to be there but this is a good addition to a chicago chronicle where you want to open up with what happens why chicago Second edition exists blah 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 or if you're v5 fanatics and you want to be nostalgic to see how your city got to where it is rewind the clock back to under a blood red moon mm-hmm. running in with the adapted rules for v5 and see how that pans out and uh but bob there's no werewolf rules for v5 yet that's it, true but i'm positive you can figure them out Yep. Not not that hard to do. And uh for the interim for the interim. And you know, look forward to you know Werewolf coming out uh, when it does.
3: But overall, how do you really feel about this book, Nick?
2: I'll be honest with you. Um looking at reading through the prologue, I was uh I was blown away. I was like, okay. Look at all the story hooks they threw in here. All the all the stuff in place. This is the most fleshed out they've ever done a setting to date in Werewolf um, for for any module. So it it was super exciting. I was like, it must be, you know, they're riding the wave coming in from Chicago by Night, which was a landmark book for the vampire line. And then they decided to roll in and bring in uh, Werewolf on top of it. But they didn't leave any of that stuff aside. They said, if you're a fan of this, we've got excited writers who are excited about it. We brought them all in. They came up with all this additional stuff that came in. The story, the way it plays out, it's the way it plays out a lot of excitement happens but just uh just reading the setting and the basic landmarks of this any storyteller can read that and immediately click the gears in on themselves and be like oh yeah well i got plot here and it just rolls out it doesn't have to be the way it rolls out in this book at all but for me that's a it was a breath of fresh air and then and then the rest of the book came and it was and it was just like holding on for the ride, right?
1: There's there, There's a lot in here where you can, you can go the gamut. I agree with you there. in um, triage and fix it. I do mean fix it to make it make sense for you. With me, it's a definite fix. Like I said, there's certain stuff I didn't even know was in here because we skipped it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I recommend that. Know your audience, right? But I think they're showcasing everything they had in the company. right? That's mm-hmm. it's exactly what this book is. Let's show them everything we got and leave it on the table. And uh, so it's a fun ride for that. It's a fun ride for that. The exception uh, to the rule, I, I was asked flat out if uh, Under Blood removed would be a supplement that we would say, or I would say, would be exactly what you need for a werewolf game to help you understand spirits. I'm going to tell you categorically no. Nope. Um, this is not something to understand spirits. It's, it's something that will give you the gist. It's something that attempts to paint a, a perception of the spirits, but when you see the tenor represented, in my opinion, poorly, <laughs> um, they, they just... Why? Um there's there's cairns and and we kinda we told you how sacred cairns were and what a protector and to protect that and what it's like. And that's the, the habitual steppings there, but you gotta remember though, this is a story focused on chaos. It's mm-hmm. a story focused on things that you you couldn't control and wouldn't normally happen. And you have to take that grain of salt uh to understand their intent. And to that end, the writers did their job. Mm-hmm. They hit exactly what they set out to do. With that all said, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this uh little rendition we have here i do believe and we're gonna try to get in the habit of this our next book is dark alliance vancouver is that accurate
2: it is in, in my opinion now in my opinion
1: now i'm almost positive it's the next one that book's gonna be awesome to go through um i've used that book more than i have the chicago by night book or the montreal book um often used in conventions uh this book for whatever, and here's why it's the first crossover book where everything's balanced mm. that's that's the key and uh you'll you'll see that we'll get into that uh, but thanks folks for listening and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. when we go right into that. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to our 25 years of vampire, the masquerade podcast. If you liked what you heard, please reach out and let us know on Twitter at 25 years of VTM at our email info at 25 dot on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash 25 years VTM or on our website www.25yearsvtm.com If you would like to support us, we can be found at patreon.com/25years of vampire the masquerade